Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Living Healthy Podcast presented by LA Fitness. This one is a little bit different. Obviously, with everything going on in the world today, uh, it's affecting pretty much everyone across the globe, and we are no different. So right now, I am uh, coming to you recording from basically my living room. And uh, so uh, Brittany can't be here. She's a little sick. She's doing okay. But uh, we couldn't find a way to get her on the phone as well. So it's just going to be me today. Uh, I also want you to keep in mind, we, are, we do have more episodes planned uh, in the next six weeks. But uh, they were pre-recorded before everything kind of happened. So if you're looking for an escape to get away from the news, uh, those might be good to dip into when they come out in the next few weeks. Uh, but just keep that in mind. We aren't trying to ignore what's happening. Uh, we just recorded it ahead of time uh, before everything went down. So uh, with that being said, let's get to today's topic, which is food safety and sanitation. Uh, pretty timely topic here. And uh, to help us learn more about this uh, is our registered dietitian, Debbie James. She's joining us now from a bunker somewhere in Southern California. Um, so, Debbie, welcome to the Known show. Known as my home office. Uh, Hi. Just, <laughs> just yes, your I'm home office. I'm coming to you live from my home office, right? <laughs> right, from your home office. Okay, well, great. Well, thank you for doing this. Um, I'm glad that we can still get this episode out there. Uh, so, first of all, just how are you doing? How are you doing with this? I, I, I'm doing well, other than trying to keep my children engaged and busy and stimulated yeah. and trying to have outdoor PE time when it's not raining. Right. Uh, we're doing great. Yeah. Yeah. That is, it's really weird. Like at least in Southern California, it's like the weather has been terrible ever since this kind of really ramped up. It's like kind of odd. It's like weird simultaneous timing. Um, so uh, yeah, just keeping people engaged, uh, try and keep your mind engaged. We hope people still try and get that workout in at home, try and eat healthy, even though you might want to go to the comfort food. And that's why Debbie is here to tell you, no, don't go for that cake, go for the fruits and vegetables, uh, but also how to prepare this stuff. So let's jump into it here. In general, what do we need to keep in mind regarding just food and illness in general, and maybe specifically with this COVID-19 virus? Uh, well, there are, thinking about your food, that there are way more health benefits than there are possible risks, you know, associated with consuming what's available in the stores now. So if you think of good, healthful, quality food that can keep your immune system running optimally because it gives you, you know, protein, vitamins, minerals, probiotics, phytochemicals, and those bolster a good defense to infection. I mean, specifically, you need to try and get vitamins a, B, E, D, folic acid, that's a B vitamin, plus the minerals, iron, selenium, zinc. They're all involved in maintaining a robust immune system. I'd say supplements are a little bit different because I want to focus on food. Uh, okay. But right now, there, there is kind of this big, um, you might see some things across the internet promoting anything to treat, cure, or prevent. Uh, the current COVID-19 virus, the Council for Responsible Nutrition just says, mm, avoid those avoid because they're, they're just not. And, and, and report them to the FDA. Yeah, it's they're, money grabs, right? Just, yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Right. Um, yeah, well, okay, so that's interesting. So we're kind of mostly focused on, I guess, the foods. Um, but it, with the foods, what kind of foods are going to get you those vitamins? Uh, well, Anything that you can get fresh produce right now is is wonderful. Okay. If you look at um, so dark green leafies, your citrus, 
for, you know, vitamin C. You've got your uh, iron from red meat and dried beans, dried fruit, uh, selenium, zinc. Those are minerals you can also get from whole grains and legumes. Uh, Vitamin uh, D is a little tougher. Uh, There are some mushrooms if they've been exposed to uh, to, uh, UV light. And uh, vitamin E you get from nuts. A vitamin A precursor called beta carotene you can get from orange fruits and vegetables mm. like butternut squash and apricot. Oh, 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 so things that are orange are the color orange, not just oranges. Literally, the right. co- yes, that okay. is the root word hmm. of if you think of carotenoid. Ah, and so car- carrot. carrots hmm. are that have the same car, you know. So carotenoids are beta carotene, and that's in carrots. Great. And I, I love that you mentioned legumes again. I think it's my favorite word in bean. It's a bean, right? It's a type of bean, legume. Yeah, it I also, it. <laughs> legumes, also umbrella peanuts. Because peanuts oh, okay. are technically, yeah, I know. They're, I call them a nut too, but they're technically a legume. So, okay. Really? Oh, very interesting. All right. That, that's an interesting little fun fact. Um, okay, technically, so, yes. So great. Okay. So that's kind of where you can get some of those vitamins that you're looking for. Now, and, it, you know, we were just talking before we went on the show that it's actually surprising, at least in Southern California right now, there is actually a good amount of fresh fruit and vegetables available. Like in the grocery stores, I was really surprised. I mean, every shelf is cleaned out, especially frozen food. But there's, I, I found, you know, blueberries, blackberries. I think you found, you said you found some strawberries and bananas at the store. So it's very possible to get fresh fruit right now. Um, if you go and the items and the items that were left, you do have to get a little creative. Maybe there's, you know, kohlrabi. What do I do with that? Or, <laughs> you know, or like, okay, there are some turnips. Like, what right. Do I, do I with know those? that's so true. I'm going to basically learn what these are at this point now and be like, okay, I guess a turnip. I'm going to find out if I like it. Um, okay. Well, you know, here's something that's big. I think that people might be wondering as well that maybe eat out a lot. Should they stop eating out at this point? Uh, well, as far I just want to say, as far so t- today happens to be the day that we record, and it's March 18th. So as of yesterday, the Centers for Disease Control said there is currently no evidence to support transmission of the COVID-19 virus associated with food, and the USDA is not aware of any reports of any illnesses about food or food packaging. So, hmm. uh, keeping that in mind, that it's not spread through food. So restaurants, grocery deli counters, delivery services, they're still taking measures to prevent any kind of possible, uh, if they had a, you know, an ill uh, food, surface, food service worker, uh, and limiting contact between them and any food being prepared and, and consumer, like they always do. Okay, right, they, right. they have always had those kind of systems in place. So right. I would say that, that right now, you know, uh, it was about a week ago when my kids wanted to go to a, a very well-known buffet-style food restaurant. And I yeah, I'll pass that right now. But mm-hmm. and, and those have shut down temporarily. And many of my area restaurants, they're providing mobile ordering and right. curbside pickup service. Right. So that contact is limited. And I think that's really good. But what people may not be aware of is that in the food service industry in restaurants, there are strict health codes and regulations that restaurants follow all the time. 
Right. Um, like that's why they get that grade, right? That you might see in the window. Yes. Like, are they an look A, at the grade B, on the window. We know, that sort of thing. consistently right. been an A. That's right. 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 So they're oh yeah they're always they trying to address protocols. that right now and, and that's they, interesting they you mentioned yeah. that there's like the curbside delivery and and uh, or or, uh, or just delivery in general and I think that's kind of important even for how you know our economy like to keep some of these smaller food uh, restaurants in business like if you do want to eat out patronize those people and do the curbside delivery you don't have to go in and in many cases you can't go in now. But, you know, this is obviously going to affect our economy with a lot of people um, being out of work for a while. Yeah. So if you, any way you can support that. And many that, people don't cook at home. So, right? you know, that's a reasonable option as of now, as of today, uh, at least, you know, uh, information I get like from Harvard Health that says um, that it's really, really unlikely and the exception to the rule uh, that anything would be spread, you know, through food. But. It's also wise to just consider maybe having hot food, some right, things that are, right. you know can be killed rather than going for uncooked food like salads or sandwiches right now. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Now, is there, uh, when it comes to, you know, maybe going grocery shopping, is canned food or frozen food safer than fresh right now, would you say? think so currently there's like i said there's no evidence of food or packaging being associated with transmission oh the the other i'm gonna say the other term for this uh virus is the sars cov2 so in case i I, I mentioned that instead of i know everybody knows covid19 virus but that's just another name for it anyway um if it can survive on surfaces and objects like other viruses have i mean Every time you come home from the grocery store, I always wipe down the top of, you know, my canned goods and there's dust and stuff anyway. And I wash all my fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. So you want to do that anyway. It's good practice. Um, Right. It was just, it was just last week that the, or this past week that the National Institutes of Health shared researchers found that the virus can last up to 24 hours on cardboard and like two or three days Mm. on plastic and stainless steel. So... It's a surface. It can be disinfected, just like, you know, those wipes. Um, and I do that when I bring my stuff out of the trunk now. Right. Um, and then, did you hear that ding? That was my phone. Uh, no, no, that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. I mean, we're going to deal with that, that stuff. I have a toddler upstairs that does not want to go down for a nap right now, so it's all good. <laughs> ah, criminal. <laughs> yeah. So I wipe my groceries down when I bring them in from my trunk, at least the, you know, like the packages and the boxes and stuff like that right now. And all the time, fresh food needs to be handled with appropriate hygiene as always. So right. if you're doing fresh items, uh, then choose things at this time, you know, that have minimal handling, like a whole apple, a bag of bread, a whole chicken mm. that you're going to roast instead of things that have had, you know, a lot of preparation into them, like a chicken salad sandwich or coleslaw. I mean, those things have already Mm, been, you know, multiple ingredients, chopped and cut, lots of different surfaces and hands and, you know. Okay. Okay. I would just go for the basic raw ingredients. Okay. And is it, and you mentioned kind of washing when you get home, you wash your food. So is that, that's like something critical to keep up at this point, wash your food that is washable (laughs) Uh, and then cook everything? Fruits and vegetables, definitely. Uh, there are some that you can wash ahead of time as long as they dry. 
but things that hold moisture like berries or mushrooms that you only want to wash those right before you use them so right they don't right. sit there and get you know right. moldy and funny right. uh so i'm sorry uh then what you do need to cook well as always uh things that are generally perishable like you know meats and eggs and those things you need to cook to an internal temperature of 165 fahrenheit just on average i know some of the range is oh 145 to you know 160 and then of course you need to boil pasta big potatoes those kinds of things that that have to be cooked to be edible right, right. like basically but, at this point in time like don't g- start getting interesting with like how you're going to consume a potato just take a giant bite out of it like maybe cook it first like that's probably common sense approaches (laughs) of how you normally do it but maybe just make sure you do one step one wash your hands really well make sure your surfaces are clean then scrub your potato under cold running water right Uh and then you can cut chop and and prepare it you're all good right right okay great um what about what are some good sanitation practices to follow in the kitchen? You kind of just mentioned those a little bit, but what are what else can you do outside of wash your hands, obviously, and like kind of clean your surfaces? That's that's a big one. I mean, washing your hands with soap and water for twenty seconds is general food safety, and you should also do it not just pre- before preparing food, but also after eating and handling dirty dishes. You know, I oh, think a yeah. lot of people forget they, they load the dishwasher and then they turn around to open the fridge. I'm like, what are you doing? You know? Yeah, that's a good um, point. I bet that's, yeah, that's a good point. Probably guilty the, here. <laughs> the US, USDA, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, has a little um, four steps to food safety. And they, uh, they check your steps and they say clean, separate, cook, and chill. And that basically it means to, you know, wash hands and surfaces often, separate, your raw meat uh, and, and eggs from other foods, cook everything to the right temperature, and keep under refrigeration, you know, those that, that need to be there and, and keep them cool. That's why we've always said, uh, probably a lot of people know, you know, not to leave potato salad out for more than two hours when you have those right. Fourth of July gatherings and the macaroni salad and things like that. Right. They, they have to stay cool. Right. Right. That make, yeah, that makes sense. That uh, yeah. So that that'd be the C S double C approach, right? <laughs> <laughs> Clean, separate, cook, and chill. Um, wow, I'm amazed. I, like I remember. That. I rem- I'm amazed. I remember that. Good. All right. Good job. Well, keep that in mind out there, people. That that is why refrigeration is such an amazing invention. Like, thank God for refrigeration. But um, anyway, that's going back in time. So I, you know what? Uh, some question that people might have that use uh that chop up a lot of stuff is using. Um, cutting boards at this point you know what would be better plastic or wood because plastic sometimes it seems like you know you create those notches and it almost like feels like it traps stuff whereas wood it doesn't feel that way but i don't know is that true or which one would you suggest people oh, that's use funny i've always kind of felt the opposite because oh. wood to me to me wood kind of gives a little bit more and i also uh-huh. have a glass i also have a tempered glass cutting board oh uh-huh. wow uh, fancy <laughs> But ideally, you'd want a separate cutting board for uh, produce and dry goods like bread, and then a Mm. non-porous one for raw meat, fish, poultry. So acrylic, plastic, glass, or even a really good quality bamboo board can be less porous. And so that way, it's not trapping. Usually, we're talking about bacteria when we get to 
this level. Right. Um, but you want to clean the boards either way, washing them in hot soapy water and scrubbing and rinsing well. Uh, and you can sanitize boards uh, just like you can your, your counters. You use a tablespoon hmm. of bleach if you are lucky to have it right now. And in a gallon of water, hmm. and you can uh, dunk or you know flood that surface, allow it to stand for several minutes, and then and then rinsing it dry. So that's a great thing all around your utensils and kitchen that you can do. Uh, what I would say with the boards is anything with those deep, difficult to clean grooves, like you mentioned, they really need to be like tossed and replaced. Uh, like mm. the oh my gosh, my original cabinets had that slide out <laughs> yeah, cutting board yes, that the like, bread came board. with the house the bread probably board. 30 years old this yep. is the first thing i got rid of yeah that kind of yeah i guess that makes sense i actually just repaired our breadboard like two months ago my wife was i was like what do you want done around the house right now like what she's like i want you to fix this breadboard not the breadboard itself but like when you would push it in it would sink into the countertop too far because like the stopping mechanism was broken so i got all handy Uh-oh. and i fixed the breadboard from my lady and she's very happy about and it, I actually. Wonder if it's, <laughs> I wonder now, and this may, I'm just asking a question into the air, if it's possible to, to somehow sand a wood cutting board down to a smooth surface and, and you know, getting all that, that yeah, stuff right. residue off. And then I use, I use um, uh, wood oil um, that's hmm. edible grade on my cutting boards, and I, I re-oil them every year. Hmm, that and makes I do sense. It with yeah, my wooden, maintenance. Yeah. yeah, my wooden spoons and uh, my wooden spatulas as well. That's interesting. Yeah, so look up maybe cutting board maintenance. That's uh, yeah, that's something that I never would have there thought of. Go. Like I would think of it with like with a grill, uh, you know, maintaining your grill and everything. But that's that's interesting. All right. Um, so. <laughs> You know, right now there's uh, obviously in San Francisco they had an order to shelter in place, um, which you know I, I've actually heard of people, some people that had the idea that that meant everyone go to a shelter, like a shelter for people that don't have a place, oh, like a bunker, and that, yes, like or a something like basement. that, like oh, that, oh. either that or like going to like a shelter for if you were homeless or something. And so, first of all, it does not mean that. <laughs> it means basically stay no. inside, stay inside your shelter, which is your home. So anyway, shelter in place going on in San Francisco, perhaps it's going to uh, travel to more areas. So if that is, uh, if that happens to someone, um, they get that order, what, let's take a virtual look at their pantry. What should they be eating first? What should they save for last? What should they oh, maybe start thinking about rationing, I guess? Like, what, what do you suggest uh, for their pantry? Well, that is such a timely question right now. Uh, I would definitely look at the refrigerator first because those perishables mm. are the things that need to be consumed more readily. I mean... Right now, especially, it would be such a waste to find like rotting spinach or moldy cheese a week from now because uh, honestly, a lot of people have, you know, stocked up and then it's hard to find what's in the back of your fridge. It's It's hard to know what's in the bottom of that produce drawer. So you should really have an inventory of what you have, but look for the things that are going to expire the soonest. So let's say for produce, Maybe a lot of people may not be aware of what lasts a long time and what kind of goes past the point of ripeness quickly. So I'll just mention a few. So in produce, peaches, pears, and avocados are usually the kind that need to be eaten first. And then things like, you know, oranges and grapes, those last a little bit longer. And then 
apples and your root vegetables like uh, carrots and those turnips we mentioned, mm-hmm. um, celery and potatoes, they last a couple of weeks. So mm. you can kind of right. yeah, get to Spread the peaches and pears and avocados, those type of things first, and then save the apples and the celery and the root things for last. Right. Uh, as far as meats, your fresh meats, if they're not going to be frozen, should be eaten within a few days. Then dairy foods and eggs and any kind of prepared items you've gotten from the deli counter or you know a restaurant or that you've made, they need to be consumed within that week. Um, eggs and and some you know packaged yogurts and such and cheeses they can last a couple of weeks for sure. And then condiments, a lot of them last longer because of their high sodium or acid content. Um, you don't need to worry about them as much. But right now, you know, at least in my family, I'm kind of like rationing out and freezing some items for later, like bread. And right, I'm down yeah. to bread ends and tortillas right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, but then, so it kind of makes sense. It seems like go to your fridge first before you're really going to your pantry, because that's, there's a reason yeah. you put it in your fridge, <laughs> because if it wasn't, it would really start to go bad. And even within the fridge, there's some things that are going to go bad quicker. Um, and then, True. so really like those things that you stocked up canned goods or whatever, that those are really meant to be, have a long those shelf the life. Last. Right. And in between the fridge and, and the canned dry goods on the pantry is your freezer. So, right. you know, your freezer can last, uh, items can last in there for several months, depending on what it is. But honestly, you know, that's a good thing to use right now. Use up those things that you got several months ago. Hello. Before they get freezer burned and you you have to toss them. So you might look for protein and vegetable items from there, like your fish sticks, pizza, Mm -hmm. peas and corn. But I'd save the treats for later if you've got some frozen, you know, ice cream and some other stuff in there. You can always have that later. Right, right. And And then when you've depleted your freezer, then turn to your cupboard. Mm, Okay. And yeah, it's kind of, can you, is it important if you get a shelter in place thing? It's not... At that point, it's not like a dire emergency necessarily. So should you still be trying to kind of eat a well-balanced diet at that point, if if possible? Oh, always, yeah. So you want to look for some protein things. And if you're looking at your, like I mentioned, some from the freezer, if you're looking at your dry goods, then you look for uh, beans, peanut butter, quinoa, those mm. type of things, that, ha- or maybe you've got... Um, I'm trying to think, you know, my family's got some turkey jerky and some tuna Mm -hmm. and those types of things that have some protein. Uh, The canned fruits, I think people or dried fruits might have a better stock of than vegetables. And so that's why I was Mm. so thrilled about, you know, getting anything green from the produce section at the store because uh, having those fresh types of uh, vegetables with the vitamins and minerals that they have, not so many people, I I think, possibly have like cans of collard greens or cans right, of you know right. really high quality vegetables. Right. Uh, so yes, you want to balance diet and try to try to get those. Uh, at the same time, you really just have to look at what has the closest best by date, and you kind of have to eat those things first. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. All right, that makes sense. So it's really, I think, this whole thing is really just making. It's more. It's about being more hyper aware than you were. You were probably aware of some of these things of which foods you need to eat first before they go bad, and now you just need to be a little bit more hyper aware of that, so that you you know make sure that nothing goes to waste. It's really about limiting waste at this point, whereas before, 
the time before, um, it was people <laughs> probably weren't as concerned about that, you know, where now it's like if you waste something, it really is a missed opportunity. So uh, those are some good yeah, tips there. because we have lived in a, in a world of, of access and access to food 24 seven. I mean, right. if you didn't even want to go out, you've got instant two hour delivery and all the grub hubs and all the other, you know, delivery, you can get yeah. food 24 seven. So being able to utilize just what you have on hand, it, it was an, an inherent skill, you know, from, right. from hundreds, that's all that they had, like you said before refrigeration. Uh, right. And so you might want to look at, like I live in an earthquake zone, uh, so I have a, a three-day supply, and mm. other people might live in a tornado zone or something like that. And honestly, you have to go through it like every six months and replenish right. what, what's going to spoil or go bad. So, well, talking to, so tell us what's in your emergency like three-day supply. What do you try to put? Oh in my goodness. Yes. Uh, so I'm not big on like canned meat, but I'll have tuna in there and like the turkey jerky. Definitely a couple things of, of canned fruits. And I think for vegetables, I mainly really have corn. Um, you can get uh, canned or aseptically packaged soup, um, mm. the uh, protein bars and dried fruit, whether it's be, you know, cranberries, apricots, raisins, all that. Uh, things to rehydrate, like dried cereal, you know, oatmeal, um, jarred things like, uh, well, I wouldn't put like a glass jar, that's heavy, but uh, peanut butter or nut spreads. Uh, and if you're not allergic, you can do uh, soy nut butter or uh, sunflower seed butter. And then dry goods like pasta, rice, quinoa, some kind of grain that you could uh, cook with, uh, canned beans especially. And then some kind of broth, whether it's chicken, beef, or vegetable mm. broth, I think that's, you're going to need that to kind of make everything taste good and, and prepare it right. Canned tomatoes or jarred pasta sauce, those are really versatile. And then things to nibble on, like crackers and chips and, and uh, what we call a hard, a hard biscuit. That's like a, you know, an English thing, biscuit, really right. like a cookie. <laughs> uh, right, right. <laughs> and right. then, and then. I would I would be amiss if I if I didn't mention uh, I definitely have some coffee and tea in there for the adults. Yeah, right. And not to mention some Especially if you uh, get some kids, some aseptic yeah. packets milk for the kids. Right. Yeah, and canned juices. And then everybody needs a gallon of water per person per day, budgeted in that emergency supply. And don't forget about your pets. Right. So yeah, I've good got point. a three day supply for my dog, an extra gallon for him too. Right. Okay. Gallon but, gallon a day but per I'll, person. I'll be honest. Okay. Yeah, I'll be honest. There's there's also raisinets and peanut M and M. You gotta you gotta have to, some I've, I've sweet treat. For, you gotta have that because that's the stuff that's gonna keep you going. You know, you, you get one of those a day. <laughs> um, that's you great. Oh well, yeah, and, you, pl and plus it raises you know your your serotonin and all those positive mood feelers, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think that's important important to have. So as we wrap up here, what kind of as our actionable advice for people um, that we're all everyone could benefit from advice at this point? What what's your kind of actionable advice for just food safety, sanitation in general, uh, moving forward into this new world that we're adventuring into? Yes, um, I'd say the the two biggest things are wash wash your hands wash your produce, uh, clean your surfaces. And the second is 
be be diligent in using the food up that's going to expire for and save the other things that last a long time for later. Right. All right. That makes sense. Wash everything, people, and try not to waste anything. Wash and don't waste. Yeah. We got to come up with something like that. Wash and don't waste. Wash, yeah. not waste. Yeah. Wash, not waste. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Debbie, for joining us on the show. Hey, if people want to follow you while they're doing this on Twitter, where can they find you? Because you're putting out some good advice on Twitter as well. Oh, geez. Uh, my own Twitter handle is at Debbie James RD. Okay, so you can go check that out. I think she just put something out, like her whole um, inventory, basically, for sheltering in place. I did, which... I did my, my six-day menu because I stopped going to the grocery store, and then I'll update that again, I think, uh, Monday or so with the next week's menu. Great, okay. And this this episode is going to – so that should be the day this episode airs, actually, so that'll be great. All right, oh, well, yeah, hey. well, thank you, Debbie, for joining us on the show, and uh, we'll have you back again uh, to talk about another topic hopefully soon. Stay well, everyone, and wash hands. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this kind of unique episode. Everyone's uh, going through this together. Um, if you are interested in getting more of these uh, delivered to your phone to pass the time, uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast or even tell someone or share this with someone that maybe you think could benefit from the information. Um, like I said, not every episode is going to focus on the virus um, or uh, you know, what's going on. Uh, we are going to try and give you some escapism, I guess you could say, with what we talk about. Um, but thank you for tuning in. And remember, as we go through this all together, be kind to each other and don't lose, uh, don't lose that kind spirit. Um, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. And hopefully in a couple weeks, we'll see you in the gym. <laughs>